Hi, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyke. Morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Now, this is uh, normally we'd ask you right now to give us a call, give us a text, but this is a pre recorded version of Garden Talk. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. We've got lots of information coming up for you today. A few things we're going to cover, for example, what's happening in our greenhouses right now and getting ready for seeds for the spring because we're just about getting to that time where we can start a few of these seeds inside getting ready for our summer growing season. So Absolutely. that's a lot of what we're going to cover today, but uh, you'll have a chance to give us a call and text us with your questions and comments uh, or call us next week when we do the show live again. So here we go. For our first segment, we want to talk about a few things of uh, what's happening in the greenhouse right now. I mean, it's kind of dead of winter right now, but we've got life certainly going on in the greenhouse and it feels pretty good to walk inside a green place when there's not a lot of greenery outside. Well, walking into a green place, especially a green place when you just get a fresh shipment of tropicals that came from Florida, came from BC, some of them from Ontario, and some from just even local greenhouses here uh, around the prairies. So it's a really exciting time just starting to see this fresh new growth coming into the greenhouse. And um, we went through a season where we just put away all of our clutter, I'm going to say with quotation marks around it, from Christmas time. and. We moved our plants around and we kind of took an inventory of what we have, what plants we're going to continue to care for, which plants, I mean, I looked at mine too and I'm like, this one has a few too many brown leaves. You know, I've been kind of nursing this one back to health. Uh, Maybe this one had a a few too many mealy bugs on it and, you know, it's time to say goodbye to this one. So maybe we toss that one. I have a few empty pots that are sitting around and not only am I wanting to look at those empty pots, I'm wanting to actually just check in with myself and say, Kate, Jill, like how much is reasonable for me to care for in my home? And uh, how much am I wanting to refresh in my home? And what type of light conditions do I have? And let's buy the right plants for me, for my home. And so maybe it's, I need some lower maintenance uh, plants, like some snake plants or some pothos and some beautiful ones just arrived and some like rare looking ones with like speckled leaves on them. Mm, and, neat. Um, if you have a nice bright area, grab some fiddly figs. You, they'll, they'll grow huge for you. And uh, so there's just, there's some really beautiful plants with that new growth. And you can sort of look at your space and be like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to tackle some more plants. And I did that in COVID and uh, maybe did it to a little bit of an extreme and I had plants everywhere. And then downsize, had lots of pots, and now I'm ready to sort of add some more green back into my space. And that's, that's the fun around the garden center too. I mean, yeah. we've gone through January where we, you know, you know, packed away all the Christmas stuff and everything else. And then we cleaned all the floors, right? <laughs> yeah. Get them all polished up and get cleaned up. And now all the spring stuff starts to come out. The displays start to come out. The seeds all are all, all, all now. Now the seeds are we all... We start seeing spring balls we start seeing spring like again. So the staff gets excited again. Some tulips about, you know, and some daffodils coming in, getting some spring yeah. blooms coming so in too. So that's what's so much really fun. Exciting. Even like you, you, We see it in the garden center, but you also see it in your home where you can yeah. actually you know get ready for spring and be totally. thinking about those kind of things. Totally. You know what? I want to I want to touch on one thing with, with you know getting new plants. But sometimes you were just talking about, say, a plant that was not doing so well in your house. I want to talk about the the psychology behind having a plant not survive. Because sometimes I feel really guilty about a plant not making it, right? Like, oh, man, I'm just not a good plant parent, you know, or or something (laughs) like that. When when you don't have success with something, uh, you know, I I think a lot of people feel guilty about it. It's very true. (laughs) Plant guilty. It's, It's a living thing that you've cared for and nurtured for for a period of time. But remember, this is a hobby. And hobbies are going to have successes and some of them are going to be failures. And some of those failures are not even your fault. It might just be like 
um, I had a plant that you know what you aren't growing these plants in their ideal situation. We right. don't have we don't have light. They're not growing in their environment. So actually, sometimes when you have a plant, it I, I, it kind of hurts me to even say this, but we're actually slowly killing these plants indoors because they're not necessarily in an environment where they have their enough sunlight to sustain them for long-term growth. So they're they're going to slowly decline over time unless you're adding that extra grow lights and continually fertilizing them and things like that. But if you reframe it and uh, maybe think of it more as a long-term floral arrangement. Mm-hmm. So think of that, that bouquet of cut flowers that you went and picked up from the grocery store or from the florist. Maybe you have a weekly subscription or that comes in. And it's a weekly subscription because those flowers are only lasting seven to 10 days. Right. And then you're putting them away into the garbage bin. Those were something that were living and growing. You got to enjoy and they're beautiful. And then you know what? You said goodbye to them. It's time to refresh. I do that a lot with um, especially my flowering plants, my primulas, my daffodils, uh, even some of my begonias, even if I want to pop them, just add a little bit of pop of color and you might think, oh, it's a living plant. But once it's finished blooming, am I going to save that for a year for it to rebloom? Or am I just going to take that as like, I enjoyed it for a month and a half, two months. That's a long time to enjoy that floral arrangement. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to sort of, it's it's done its time. So it's, and, it's and a good way to it. think of like a lot of house plants in that way. Yeah. Many of them have a very, very long lifespan, but other yeah. ones are challenging. And, you know, I think one that fits into that, and this is sort of that time of year, is, is you know, some of those some of those poinsettias are getting pretty scraggly, you yes. know? Yes. And, and that is certainly, a lot of us think of it much more that way, yeah. as in, uh, you know, I it, yeah, I enjoyed it for Christmas and it's done now. So it just, it hits the bin, it goes to the, to the green bin or, or whatever. But I think we have to take that frame of mind with a lot of other house plants mm-hmm. that, like you said, they're, they're there, we get to enjoy them for a time, but they are somewhat temporary, right? They're somewhat temporary. And you know what? When I was taking a an interior scaping class, like one thing that you, even when you're building into the price of how much to charge like an office building, you're you're basically doing a three-year timeline and then you're replacing those plants over again because the reality of it is, is they're not going to be sustained to look at their absolute best over a 10, 15 year period. So they're slowly going to be declining. So you got to, you got to be refreshing and be willing to sort of replace those plants. Now, but, one- but you're also going to be, you know, if, if you really want to, yeah, you can. You can also really keep them going if you want to really be a keener on it. Oh, yeah. Just like, remember a few weeks ago, we had the guy call in about the spider plant. You know, his, the house house froze down and it was, he ended up reviving the spider plant. That yeah, that was, was that was basically... Abandoned for a year. Abandoned for a while. Or how many people buy that Kimberly, Kimberly fern or the macho fern and, and put it into their garage. They have it on their deck and they put it into their garage and it just yeah. looks like these papery, like almost like fall has hit it and it's just like all yep. gross. But they've they spent maybe fifteen dollars on this this yep. fern and they they've enjoyed for like six six months and now they have it in their garage and they're like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back. And I I, I think about it sometimes and I'm like, you know what, the amount of time that yep. it's gonna be taking to bring that back and you're gonna take half of the season of your growing season, which is really short, to bring that back when you up. could just price of a Starbucks coffee, go grab a new one. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, another thing to consider too is that for some of our plants, they're very easy to rejuvenate. So when we talk about, uh, you know, all of the, the, 
a jade is a good example yeah. of one that you can break off a, a stem, a yep. piece, even a single leaf, if you yep. want to call it that, stick it in the soil and start again, and you'll yep. have a new plant, right? Well, and, and that's yep. a, a good point too. And uh, we can get into propagating our plants that way. And so maybe your plant's not looking its best, but we now call that the mother plant. So it's mm-hmm. the plant- Christmas cactus is a good example, The right? plant that you're going to be able to take cuttings off of, like that yep. succulent, um, like that geranium plant we had a call about the, a couple of weeks ago. You're going to cut it off and take the new growth and make new ones of. That pothos plant that maybe is getting long and spindly, taking those branches off, cutting them off, sticking them into water and sticking those back into the soil and you have a fuller, healthier plant too. So yeah. there is ways to rejuvenate these plants that uh, that is really exciting and that's when it becomes and this hobby. And there's also a product called Rage Plus, which is an organic plus. It, it's actually a, like a, a red bull for us, <laughs> for plants. For plants, okay. Yeah. 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 Rage Plus, and so there it helps revive plants again that are under a stressful situation. So there's, you can kind of pick things up yep. or you can sort of start over, but don't feel guilty if something wasn't a success. Yeah. Just try no, something else remember, and keep going, right? this is a hobby. You got you got successes, you got failures, and you can learn from, from people all over the place and learn from trial and error, and that that's okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. We got to put our imagination glasses, our thinking goggles on, right, Jill? We got to kind of get that cup of coffee. Cup of coffee, coffee cup of yes. tea, sort of hold it nice warmly in your hand and stare get, out the window. Get a chair and sit in front of the window. Look outside. Watch those birds. Uh, <laughs> you put a bird feeder out. You can see them kind of picking at that suet or maybe sort of trying to get through the ice on that water bowl that you, oh, I need to put a heater in that. <laughs> but we're going to sit there and imagine what we can do with our yard coming up for this next 2024 yeah, and, growing season. And I think it's important to say, like, what steps can we do? and What should we be thinking about in the planning stages? And um, maybe even some notes that we can be taking year after year. So, Rick, you're an expert in all things landscaping. And I know whenever we get together in a group of people, and you go to somebody's yard, especially for a backyard oh, yeah. barbecue, what happens? People, oh, yeah. people pull yes. us aside and they say, okay, I just moved into this house and it's an older yard. Yep. Um, I want to move some things around. So what are some advice and what are some things that you tell them to think about when they're starting to do that? Well, the first thing I, I tell them is that, first of all, what do you want to have in your yard? You know, where do you want to put, do you want to put a garden shed in? Do you want to, you want to have a fire pit? Do you want to have a garden? Do you, you know? have kids? Do you have kids? Do you want an area that you just want to kick the ball? The kids just want to kick the ball around, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pets even. Yeah. That, yeah. Pets is a big one. I mean, so my nephew actually had a, because his pet loved running through the garden, he had actually built a fence all around his garden. <laughs> just keep, just <laughs> like keeping the deer out. He's keeping the dog out. Right, right. right? So there yeah. is so, a bit of planning involved there's in planning. this. There's planning, yeah. Um, so what types of dimensions would you be like, jotting down on a piece of paper or yeah. f- what types of things would the I The first thing I do is, is there again, do I, the first thing is garden, those kind of things, you know, uh, uh, garden shed, those kind of things, where do I want to put those in, where would I put those? Cause that's going to be important too, because I don't want to put a garden on this, on the, let's say the Southwest corner of my yard, because it's going to shade my vegetable garden. If I put mm-hmm. a shed there, mm-hmm. right. So I have to decide where do I want to put things? So I want to put things on the, maybe on the northeast corner of the yard, the shed, because that's not going to shade anything else. And the same thing if you're deciding to plant some big trees, you might not want to plant all those trees on the south end of your yard because you're not going to have yeah. any sunlight. Sunlight for the garden. Or maybe do I have a, somebody in the backyard that has a big high deck that's looking right down into you? So do I want to plant a tree privacy. there? You know, privacy. Huge. You know, those kind of things. Uh, do I have, you know, the way the yards are smaller right now, do I have... 
you know, somebody, my neighbor's deck and my deck, my neighbor keeps flipping my burgers for me, you know? So, <laughs> so I have a I, nice neighbor. I want to have a gate so that I can yeah, go to their house. Yeah, and have exactly. Some so, you yeah. know, you know, so now it's narrow there. What kind of plant do I want to put there that, cause I don't have very much space between my deck and the fence and the neighbor's deck, right? Okay. So I'm and taking these, these bigger structures and yeah. I'm figuring out, first of all, what type of structures are there? Yeah. Um, what type of exposures are coming into my yard? Where's the sun coming where's in? Com- where's, where's things things out? Like where does the uh, sump pump drain out into the backyard? You know, where uh-huh. my downspouts come levels. down? Moisture How's levels. How's the grade? How's the grade? Where does that go to, okay. you know? And then, then we start thinking about uses for our yard. Yeah. And do I want to use it for entertaining? And if that's the case, maybe I want to do like a little patio area. Um, and maybe I, especially when I'm entertaining, I don't necessarily like to have my vegetable yep. garden. Maybe I have a lot of pollinators there and I don't like bees and wasps and all those things yeah. where yeah. I'm entertaining. So Entertain. I want that somewhere, exactly. somewhere else. Or so, maybe I don't have time. I, I want a nice looking yard. I don't have time. What's the lowest maintenance type of yard I can do? Well, and, and that's right? the thing so, that I even did with, with my yard too. It was, okay, I put all this stuff in. I have a busy life with my kids running them around yep. everywhere, but I want a nice yard. So just even that extra step of being like thinking about, okay, I need to plan for irrigation. Irrigation, exactly. You know, putting a drip system in or something like that so that I can and put it automatic so that it waters it, you know. And uh, and so those are all the kind of things. I mean, some people now are even going to the part where they have the, you know, we have what I call the Zumba, right, for my for my that does the hardwood floors inside the house and mm-hmm. vacuums, right? You can get lawnmowers and Now you like have that. lawnmowers that do that, right? Yeah, that's right, automated <laughs> so systems. Yeah. Automated yeah. systems. So you can think about, so then you have to plan your yard so that it can be done that way. Okay, so, so I have a small yard. Yeah. I have a garden shed on, on one side. I'm looking for the ideal place to put a, a small raised bed vegetable garden. What space am I looking for? Well, if you want a raised garden, I mean, one thing nice about a raised garden is if you make, you don't have to make it one big bed because you can't reach into it because that's mm-hmm. one thing about a raised garden. Accessibility, right? So it depends whether you, you have make it accessible if you're, if you do have abilities, you know, then you want to make it only wide enough so that you can get something in between. Yeah, the, I would say like, don't go any bigger than maybe four or five feet because exactly. then you can reach right to Because then the you can reach from both sides. Yeah. You know, and five feet, you can reach in from both sides without having to step into the garden and packing it down, which you don't want to do. So mm-hmm. maybe right? uh, like two, four by eight areas. Yeah, and exactly. What type of exposure am I looking well, for? Well, you want more sun, the better. Yeah. Always more sun, the better. So always, I can always add shade, but I can't, if I got shade, I can't add sun. Yeah. So that's the big one. More sun, the better for the garden is, is always the best. And then making sure that you have the right type of soil. Once you know what kind of, what are you going to use? You're going to use brick for your raised gardens. You're going to use wood. What are you going to use? If you're going to use pressure treated wood, then you have to put a barrier between your soil and your, okay, and your pressure treated wood. We get this all the time. So maybe it's a new yard and there's like yeah. a pile of soil, soil that they just backfilled a, a house out. Yeah. Can I take that soil and put it into my raised bed? No. No, you're going to have concrete. Yes, so you're going exactly. To be, you're going to be using a, a good compost mix, which is basically at least 50% topsoil, 50% compost, right? And so, and also if it's a smaller, you know, container, then, you, you know, because you can do container gardening right on, in smaller pots right on your deck as well, right? And I want and about so, 18 to 24 inches of good soil in that raised Well, you got to think, okay, how long is a carrot? Mm-hmm. If a carrot's going to grow, how long is the carrot itself, right? So you can, some carrots will grow, yeah, that good. 12 inches long, right? Okay. 8 to 12 and inches long. And you just long. raised a right good point. You just mentioned a root crop. So I yes. might use a different type of soil for a root crop exactly. than I would for maybe some of my leafy vegetables. Explain that a little bit. Well, if you're using more leafy vegetables, you're going to use more compost, mm-hmm. right? You can you can 
do that and it'll keep it loose and everything else. But if I want to grow, if I just want to grow potatoes in a, in a, in a raised garden, if I have too much compost, I'm just going to get potato scab on them. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use more of a type of a soil uh, that that's more of a soil type, but then I have to add maybe a little bit of bark mulch in them with bigger sticks in there. So I'm not adding too much compost, but I'm still adding air pockets into the soil. Okay. So now when we talk, or even gypsum is a good one too. When we talk about the structure, yes. like pressure-treated wood, not pressure-treated wood, yeah. what can we do there? Best is not pressure-treated wood, but I mean, a lot of times we're using their brown wood now. So basically, if you do use that, then what you want to do is you want to line the inside with the landscape fabric. Okay. Like a heavy-duty, like a Pro 5, which is... A, like fuzzy a side in, fuzzy side out. Yeah, fuzzy side always, always out. Okay. Only and it, from your soil. I guess, there, you know, if there's, we can, we can make it out of wood, but there's also lots of kits you can buy mm -hmm. that are like PVC plastic that are or tin. Yeah, that link everything. together. You can add boxes to boxes or build ones up at yep. different heights. We've got some friends uh, in our neighborhood who, who have bought those systems and they work great. Mm -hmm. You can use cedar wood as well. But then if I'm using wood, I still like to put a landscape fabric because it'll just help keep that moisture and, and the bacteria from the soil from rotting the wood so so quickly, okay? So I feel like, you know, if we talk about all these things at once, it can feel overwhelming for a lot of people, right? You yeah. know, it's easy for you, uh, for us to talk about them because we kind of have that knowledge and, and yeah. certainly you guys do more than me. But when it comes to this, you can get information, guidance, knowledge from a place like Dutch Growers, right? Yeah. And you can also then, if that's still not what you're into, you can also hire a landscaper, right? Yeah. These right. are and people now, who can help you with these and, decisions. And now is the time you have to d decide. You have to book them. You, you have to book them. So you might want to get in consultation so that you can get on the spring planting them. Otherwise, you're going to be talking about a landscaper. If you're going to deal with this in May, you're not going to see the landscaper around to July or August. Right. But also, it's a slower time in the garden centers right now. So now is the time... Yep. Like I said, you have your coffee, you're dreaming about things. Maybe you've gone out and measured a few things. I've drawn a rough sketch. I've taken a few pictures of my yard. I've written down what purposes I have for yep. my yard. Now I can go into the garden center and maybe have some of those conversations exactly. about like what I'm going to do. And you know what? They might not be able to spend much time with you, but they'll give you an idea to sort of prompt you forward. Then you can do some more dreaming. And then once and you get just, into not the, even just a new yard, it could be an existing, existing yard. You want to dream yard. on some new things you want to add. Exactly. 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 But then the, the really the best time for you to go into the garden center and do a quick drawing is when you're ready to plant. Uh, we wanted to talk about this. We talked earlier in the show about what's happening in the greenhouse this time of year. But a thing that is happening is we're starting to see the bulbs and we're starting to see the seeds show up for our summer gardening season, right? Yep. So this time of year, you come into the greenhouse and the floors are all polished and everything's <laughs> all clean. We've just finished doing a revamp, but the seed racks have rolled back onto the floor yep. and you'll get the begonia bulbs coming out onto the floor and all of our seeds starting to come and out. And you see them across them in the grocery stores, everything else, you see the seed racks all coming out. Do, so we, do we see new seeds every year? Like, I mean, what I'm talking about is like new varieties. Do we often see that or do things stay quite the same? Um, you'll have some of your tried and true, but there is some newer varieties, especially in the vegetable world, because more and more... Um, as we get new varieties and new hybrids and things like that, they can harvest more seed and then you get new varieties, whereas there might not have been on all the shelves because there are newer varieties. You, you'll right? see in the top, using the top left-hand corner, mm -hmm. you'll see a little sticker saying new okay. on the yeah. seed packets. So there's going to be always, yep. every year, there's going to be some new things some that new are going to come out. And there's also... Um, like we, we listen to our customers too, and, uh, we actually go through and like Rick and Kathy and myself yep. will go through and we'll have conversations. We go through and we say, okay, which varieties are we going to, were people asking for last year? Which varieties, um, sold really well? We need more of which ones, you know what? Not, we're not doing that one anymore. And you might not see that one anymore. When you bring something new and you only have so many 
spots on the shelf. Right? <laughs> well, sure, yeah. <laughs> on the rack. So, yeah. so you always take some out and you put some back in. But so, I suppose that also means to the, to the listeners right now, for anybody listening, if there's something that you really always want, or maybe you tried something, it's been great, yep. right? And you want to get it back next year, give the store some feedback, yeah, right? Because it actually absolutely. matters. It's actually taken into consideration, yep, right? Exactly. The worst thing that could happen, or, or I should say not the worst, but a, a disappointment would be if you tried something, loved it, and then it's gone the next year. Well, one thing right? is good right. too is that, I mean, you're not going to plant some of those seeds straight out into the garden until May, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying, picking up those, those seeds in January because it's going to be either on the rack or it's going to be in your house. It's They're not going to go bad. No, exactly. And the so, other thing when I'm doing seed starting is there's a little bit of planning involved in it because you're planning like timing when they should be planted and we'll get into a little bit of that yeah. later. But if I'm in the peak of the spring season, I'm looking through the seed racks, the garden center is busy um, at that time of year. I like to do all that ahead of time and then pick up all those fresh lush leaves, some things that like kind of spark my attention. And I really like see like those, I want to see those Gucci or those yummy plants that I just, I, I just like want to pick up and put on my cart. I don't want to be sitting at the seed racks in May picking out my seeds. I'll do that now in the wintertime. Right. When there's yeah. not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just tropical plants for yeah, your house besides that. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, give that feedback because if, if there's something that you really want, you really like that worked really well, let this let, the, let your garden center know yep. and they can hopefully keep carrying that, right? Well, but, and the other thing too is if you can't find in the garden center, there's we live in an online world now too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't like saying like, let's go onto Amazon and like buy something off Amazon and have it shipped across the world. There's ways that you can shop local and still um, get things from online. I know Early specializes in lots of seeds and oh, exactly. they have... Uh, some seed gurus on staff there. Yep. If you're wanting to, to dive in and really nerd out about seeds, walk into Early's or TNT Seeds out of Manitoba um, has a great selection of seeds. You can just go on their online catalog and so get something shipped. One thing nice about that is that they're proven plants for our climate, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes when you pick up plants that come from California or something like that, well, they're proven for California or warmer climates. Yeah, but or, they're or not even a, seeds. They're right? not a cold climate seed, right? Well, so. And, and that's the thing we were talking about planning in the earlier segment yeah. is is make sure that you're planning for your zones. So a lot of times we'll see things on TikTok or Instagram or even a seed package or yeah. a tag of a plant and uh, it will say perennial on it. But then you have to question to yourself and actually look, it will say what zone it is. What zone the perennial is, and, yes. Uh, and that's important because a lot of times we'll say perennial and it's a zone five perennial. Well, we are a zone two B to three here in Saskatchewan. So for us, that perennial for them is actually an annual for us. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. So So to clarify, anybody who has forgotten about the zones, the lower the number, the colder the weather typically is, right? So a zone... The harsher the winters are. A zero would be up, you know, Yukon and a number nine would be Florida. Right. So okay. we're, we're, we're 2B two or... 2B to 3. To 3. And yeah. we can handle some like in urban centers, maybe some 4s as well. If you have like a really uh, insulated area, you can definitely handle some 4s. With some special care. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise... I call those gardener challenges. Yeah, exactly. So that's just a, something to keep in mind with that. Yeah. So you go into the store, you check out all the seeds, you pick out what you want, you've made that list of what you want in your garden, what didn't work last year, what you want to try this year, maybe there's some new stuff you want to find. Let's start with like seed starting 101. What yeah. what are the steps we take? Um, you know, First of all, the, the things you need to grow, so you need a tray or something, a okay. pots or trays or whatever. And if you're using old trays, then you need to sterilize them, okay? Because then they have fungals and everything else, which will affect it. So How do we need, sterilize a tray? So sterilize an old tray, you can use just bleach and water. Okay. A little spray perfect. bottle, spritz spray a little bottles. bit of bleach on there. You yep. don't even need that much. Yeah, yep. Just a little bit, just to sterilize it. Get them okay. all cleaned up. Uh, suggest you use new soil if you're going to use seeding. 
you know, get a seed mix, which is a finer mix, right? Okay. And because it's going to retain that because moisture. Because really otherwise, well. you have to pasteurize your soil, and not too many people are going to bake their soil in their oven, you know? So to get it, so it's just easier buying a new bag of soil. You can use that soil afterwards in your planters and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So okay. it's, that's not a problem. And so, uh, or you can also, you can use, uh, pellets now we have uh, co- uh, cocoa core pellets or mm-hmm. peat pellets which come in a tray and little pellets you put water in them and they just they expand and pop <laughs> with up. water they pop one up. of the things when you're seed starting is making sure that you're starting with a smaller size pot or yep. container exactly. don't put everything into six inch one gallon pots right off the bat because your plants are going to stretch then because what you want is you want those seeds to grow you want the roots to hit the side of the containers mm-hmm. and then for that plant to grow up and that's going to yeah. help you have like a a really nice and uh, sort of short and yeah. compact plants. And you'll Proper find size. one thing too is also remember is that if you may want, if you're going to do a lot of seed starting every year, then get yourself a heat mat. It's a, it's 10 inches by 20 inches. It fits underneath a tray, mm-hmm. right? And you can put that down because if you want a, the highest percentage of germination, bottom heat helps you do that. Okay, so we need a tray. We need little peat pellets or yep. cocoa core pellets, as you know, yep. to start with the seeds are going to go into. Yep. And then do these trays have lids? Yes, so you can put a, a dome on top of them, okay. keep the humidity in. And so you got to remember your seeds are just basically on the surface or just a little skiff underneath the soil, but they're pretty close to the top. Mm-hmm. So you want a dome, and then once you basically get about 85% germination, you want to take those domes off. And that's really okay. important to do that right away or else you're going to get a ton of stretching. Let's stretching talk- and then also or damping off, which they rot off at the soil. Let's well. talk about moisture. Let's talk about light. So how much moisture do you need in each of these pellets to get the seed to germinate? Um, you want that soil to, to be moist all the time. So whether it's misting it, making sure that there is moisture in that pellet, you don't want, and when you're getting the seeds to germinate, it's that heat yeah. and it's the moisture that's going to help it germinate. The light doesn't really ma- not matter very much at, in that germination stage. Okay. As so soon as you start the seeing the soil yeah. pop out, that's when the light matters. Yeah. Okay, but it's the bottom heat from that soil and it's the moisture that matters during that okay, point. Okay, so we get the seed into the pellet, we get it, keep it moist, we got the bottom heat going, we get, say, 75% of the little germinated seeds, we've got little, you know, greenery coming out of them. Yep. At that point, then we got to go to top coming off, the lid. Top coming yes. off and maybe and, adding a grow light. And a, and a grow light. And a little tiny fan. And and a tiny fan to get the airflow Just growing. airflow around the plants. And that's going to help Huge. with, uh, with damping decreasing off, yeah. damping off and fungus gnats and all those types of things. That's really important. Now, with the grow light, how close to your plants do you have the grow light? Normally, they're probably about six inches away, right? Basically, six inches away, and then a lot of the plants, they're on little stands, but you can just raise them up as the plants grow up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the closer you have them, the more you're mimicking the sun, as it would be in, you know, in the May, the sun's up nice and high, right? So so you're mimicking that so that you're not going to get those plants to stretch. And then also, you want to make sure you're not using a high phosphorus fertilizer, the second number. Phosphorus will make the plants stretch as well. So you want to use a more of an organic type of fertilizer, which has l- just a little bit of nitrogen and low phosphorus. Yeah. And then they will get the stretching as well. We wanted to kind of move into talking about space because when you're choosing the amount of plants you have to, to, to grow, um, it's important to think about not only the, the trays, but they're going to move up. They're going to graduate to larger pots, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty so- soon you're going to be um, having to shuffle some plants to be able to put your plate down at your dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, I think and all... And even like sunlight from the windows, like yeah. how much plants is too much to be able to handle in yeah. my home? So be thinking about that when you're at the planting stage because remember, we're planting in trays because we want to start smaller, but then in about 
six to eight weeks, those are going to need to go into a, a larger pot, pot and we'll pop them up into about a four-inch pot size. Once they're in a four-inch pot size, that's like their transplant size that's going to be good for them to go So how, how many out. how many pellet... Uh, Anywhere from 24 to 48 is usually in a tray. In a tray. So then you got to think, where am I going to put 48 six-inch... Four to six-inch plants. Four to six-inch plants. Yeah. Where are those going to go in my house that they actually have light? Light. Yeah. And if they're not close enough to the window, they need, you need like grow lights to go with yeah. them, right? So it's really important about counting those numbers and planning out. Plus, do you really need 45 or 48 tomato plants? Because unless you're going to make an awful lot of salsa, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. what are you going to do with that? Think about your spacing in your garden too. Like each yeah. one of those plants, you need about a foot, a square foot for each tomato, or if not two square feet for yep. each tomato. So do I have enough space? Or so, I might have some, I'm going to put some tomatoes in pots in some areas where I do have more sun, right? And so on my deck <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So, so it could easily happen where you buy a, a pack of say tomato seeds, yep. you plant four or eight of them yep. to start. That's all you use for the whole year. And sometimes what I'll do with those seeds is I'll maybe put two seeds into one cell just in case one of them doesn't come up. Mm -hmm. I don't waste that cell. And then I'll thin them out after we start getting germination too. So maybe pull one of them out and then just let the second one do. But we do that a lot with our cucumbers and our squash and things like that. Right. So that this we're not trying to scold anybody, but this is a, a key part because I think we've all had friends <laughs> who you know, I think it's more the friends' husbands and yeah. uh and or the other spouse and being like, Oh my goodness, the plants have taken over the, the house. house. Exactly. <laughs> and and it be, it can become an awful lot of work too, because mm-hmm. you're having to water and fertilize all but these and worry about it's the, not the, work, Jay, yeah. it's fun. It's uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but but, sure. but that's the thing is you want to keep it fun. You want to keep it fun. You want to keep it right? Keep and it we fun. don't want to overwhelm ourselves. And yeah. like I said before, with even the house plants, it's like think about how much time you want to dedicate yeah. to this, and then be realistic with yourself. Because you know what, I can go to the garden center and I can pick up if I want two tomato plants. I can pick those two tomato plants up from the garden center. Yeah. And maybe I want to focus on planting something unusual yeah. that I can't buy at the garden. Center. Well, I mean, and and two garden two tomato plants you can buy as yeah. little tiny you know transplants transplants. Or you can buy a fully grown tomato plant that's just about ready to produce tomatoes, right? Yeah, so exactly. You know, so many options. As much as as much as we want to encourage people to start seeds, in some cases it's not realistic. Yeah. So you know, uh, be realistic about it, right? Well, How and, much that, and then, but if you live on an acreage, let's say you maybe you want to start a whole perennial garden, so now's the time to get yes. your perennials started in January, and that's, that's so that you can put point. them out. You can put them out because you're going to plant a whole bunch of them, so it makes it more economical to to actually course, start from seeds. So and timing is important. Timing is so important, and make sure you grab your calendar out. And this is when, a, like, journaling with gardening, especially if you're a person into seed starting, is important. Grab a calendar and think, what seeds am I going to start now? And usually, you'll see um, time to harvest, and you kind of count backwards from those days. Or you can go grab a chart on, um, from online, but make sure you grab a chart that is from your zone. Okay, so this is also really important because we usually can't plant our stuff out until May long weekend or yep. the first weekend in June if it's a late spring. And the seed packets will say how many days to germ- to to to, pl- to before last frost, right? So then you work your way back. So say, let's say it says, you know, uh, 60 days or 30 days or whatever from last frost, that's when you want to seed the plants. It'll say it right on the package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things that you're wanting to do right now is some of your perennial plants, those ones you can get get going right now. So a lot of your perennials, you can yep. start seeding end of January. Um, if you're doing cyclamen, cinerarias, which are little daisy flowers, um, geraniums, if you're doing them from seed, you want to start them 
now at mm, the end of okay. January. Yep. Begonias. Um, begonias now. Begonia next bulbs. week, next couple weeks, you're going to be doing begonia bulbs. Yeah. Right? And then when you get into February, it's more like um, if you're loofahs, loofah gourds, uh, oh, yeah. those are a long crop. So you want to do them now. If you're wanting to start your own uh, sweet potatoes, you'll want to get those cuttings now so you yep. can do those. Um, again, some of, your, some of your hot peppers, not, yeah. not your sweet peppers, but some of your hot peppers, you got to start earlier. Hot peppers. Um, celery is actually a longer crop. So you want to start huh. that one in February. Um, it, pansies are an early crop. We usually want that to be ready a little bit earlier because it's a cold weather crop. So you want to start your pansies in February. Yep. Um, petunias, petunias, wave petunias um, are, yeah. are one that you could the do. Big, the big wave petunias. Those yeah. you want to start You want to start in February as well. So, yeah. so there's, there, there's all these things. If you're planning a yard or maybe you have an outdoor wedding in your backyard, these are economical ways that yep. you can maybe start some of these plants um, in your home now and then... And you know what? If you have a going. wedding or something like that, also that's a good point is that you may want to go talk to... Like every town in Saskatchewan or the town over has... Somebody has a greenhouse, mm-hmm. you know? So you can always go talk to them saying, hey, listen, I want I need this many baskets I want to do because I'm doing a wedding this year. Those greenhouses can plan right now. Well, and a lot of the smaller greenhouses will yep. do that. I know like exactly. a bigger center like ours, we don't have the capacity to do that because there's so many turns in our greenhouses. But some of those smaller greenhouses, they are more than happy to do those yep. special plantings so you, for you. Right. And then you can customize the colors Custom. you want and what you and want you in talk, those And if you talk baskets. to them while they're planting, they can do that right for you then. So this can all feel overwhelming, and I can picture a lot of people sitting with a pad and paper just scribbling madly as they listen to us. <laughs> yes. But the, the great thing is that there's a, we have a great guide for all the things we've just covered with seed starting, right from what you need to how to take care of them, the timing, the planning, all that part, right? Yeah, so if you go to our website, www.dutchgrowers.com, um, you can click on gardening and then there's a little tab on the side that says Inspiration Hub. And that's where we put lots of our blog posts. And this one is called the Ultimate Seed Guide. And so you can go there and it just sort of says what, what tools you need to best be successful. Um, it has the dates of what to plant on, on what times. Uh, that's really good. So basically everything we've just talked about yeah. now, but it's in a written down form that you can and read And I over. also have a few YouTube videos on there too. So you can actually see us demonstrate some of these things. And as well. some tips and tricks, things and things we didn't talk about today. An mm-hmm. example would be, you know, like you talked about earlier, rotating your tray around. Yeah, rotating your tray. So our sunlight usually comes from one direction in our home, even if we have a grow light. So rotating your tray is going to allow those plants, they're growing nice and straight and they're sturdy. Um, That's one of the things Rick mentioned about a fan. So adding that fan to increase the airflow and and help with that humidity gets rid of any damping off, which is rotting at the base of your plant or fungus gnats that are happening. They don't like that airflow. Um, Things like that dome on that tray is so, so important. Keeping that humidity and that heat in when they're at the germination stage, but then no Knowing when to take it off at that 60 to 80% germination rate. As soon as you start seeing those first leaves, don't wait for those second leaves to pop up. Take it off as soon as you see the green come out of the soil right? and you'll have success. So, so lots of tips and tricks and yeah. stuff like that. And it, and it can be a hobby. The great thing is you can try this out, you know, this season and there's always the backup that if some, for some reason it just doesn't work for you, you know, and you didn't have success with it, you can always go to the garden center when our, our springtime comes. You can pretty much pick up all of these plants in a, in a plug you know, a very small started started plant, right? And if you say like, you know what, gardening is too expensive for me. You know what, stop drinking that coffee. (laughs) And like, uh, you know what, for that one Starbucks coffee, you can buy three, three, six packs or three, four packs of tomato plants. 
So well, and 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 it, and it kind of kind of comes out of the grocery budget too, because we yep. know that this yeah. is going to be food producing, right? Food so, producing that maybe you can turn into another hobby of canning and all of these things. Again, that nostalgic feeling of going back to grandma's house and learning all these things. It's all it's all pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for today. Again, you can go to DutchGrowers.ca. The ultimate guide to seed starting is there on the Inspiration Hub. Find it there as well. We we've been a recorded show today, but we're back live next week with your questions. So if something from today you got to go, oh, I, I want to know more about this. Save it for next week. We'll get your question answered when you can call us live. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This has been Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.